One of the reasons that it's hard to celebrate that Jesus is alive is sometimes it doesn't seem like he's alive. Sometimes when we look around the world and we see all the hardship and the heartache, when we see the suffering, when we feel the darkness on our own lives, when we keep struggling with the same old things and we can't beat them, we want to come and celebrate that everything is different, that he's risen from the dead, but sometimes it doesn't feel like it's true. We say, God, if you are really real, why aren't you speaking to me? Jesus, if you've truly risen, why don't I see you? Why don't I feel you? Why don't I experience you? Why is there so much pain in this place? I'm encouraged by a passage of scripture that records two men talking about Jesus, talking about the rumors that he had risen from the dead, and then meeting Jesus face to face and not even knowing it was him. Because for me, a lot of times, that's what life feels like. We talk about Jesus. We talk about the fact he's alive. We talk about the fact he answers our prayers. We talk about the fact that we're two or more gathered. He's here with us. But so often we look around and we say, where is he? These men were walking down the road and they were discussing everything that had taken place. Their minds were spinning. They had left Jerusalem, and they were wandering, and they were walking away towards a town called Emmaus. And all that was on their hearts, all that was on their minds, all that was on their lips was Jesus of Nazareth because he was so powerful. He was so amazing. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed. And we handed him over to be killed. We thought he was going to be the Messiah. We thought he was going to be the one who was going to redeem Israel. We thought he was going to be the one to fix this place, but then we killed the author of life. But rumors had emerged that he had risen from the dead. But rumors like that are hard to believe. The women who saw the empty tomb, they came and they told the disciples, and the disciples said, this seems like crazy talk. I don't believe you. Peter himself leaves the empty tomb, and he's not convinced. He's not celebrating. He's marveling at what he saw. The tomb is empty. The linens are there. But where is Jesus? Could he really be alive? And Jesus comes up and starts talking to them. And and it kind of seems like a joke. He says, what are these things that you're discussing as you walk along the road? And and they say back to Jesus, are you the only one? Who's not heard about Jesus? And they tell him all the things about him. And Jesus says, Oh, you slow of heart, and you hard-hearted people, how can you not believe? Don't you know what the scripture said? And he goes back and says, Remember the Bible said one would come? Remember the Bible said that Jesus would be coming? Remember the Bible said he would be put to death? Remember the Bible said he would raise from the dead? Why are you arguing about these things? Why are you discussing these things? He's supposed to be raised from the dead. And they look at Jesus and they think, yeah, he was supposed to be raised from the dead, but where is he? And Luke records that they stop in the middle of the walkway and their faces are downcast. And Jesus explains to them about himself. It's kind of a discouraging picture when you think about it. 
that this, these men who are standing there talking about Jesus, all they want to do is know Jesus. All they want is proof that he's risen from the dead, and they can't see him because Luke says God had blinded their eyes. He'd hidden himself. That as these men pour out their hearts about the fact their Savior was dead, God himself blinded them from seeing him. And what this passage means is that if it is true that Jesus has risen from the dead, if it is true that he's alive today, if it is true that he's working around the world, if it is true that he wants to restore us, if it is true that he answers our prayers, if it is true that he is right there with us, that he's with us even in this moment, if it is true that he's reigning on his throne, if it's true, all those things, and we say, but we can't see you, God. The reason is not that he's not there. It's because we are dead. We are the ones who can't see him. We are the ones who are blinded. We are the ones who have no ability to recognize him. And there's a chance that he's with us. But we just can't see him. And maybe you came here this morning and you're thinking, I don't know why all these people are singing. They seem crazy. They seem to believe this stuff. Don't they know there's no such thing as all this? If this scripture is true, then what it's saying is that the reason that you can't see God is not because he's not there, but it's because you're blind. That sounds crazy. If it's true, it's not crazy. This would be tragic if this was the end of the story. Uh, this is how the story ended. was Jesus told them all these things, and then he blinded them, and he said, we'll see you later, and they just walked away sad. But this isn't the be- end of the story. This is the beginning of the story. This is the beginning of a story where Jesus gradually begins to open their eyes to spiritual things. It's a story that starts with him encountering a blind people and leaving a seeing people, a feeling people, a hearing people, a touching people. This is a story that over a chapter of scripture, Jesus engages with people who are spiritually dead and he abides with them until they are spiritually alive. And what that means is that if you are here and you are blind this morning, what Jesus wants to do is engage with you, abide with you, walk with you until you begin to see. And we see that starting to happen even as they start walking down the road again. They're still walking away from Jerusalem. They're still wondering about these things. They have Jesus himself explaining to them all these things about Jesus. And their hearts start beating faster. And there's something about this man. And and they're looking at Jesus and they're listening to Jesus. And they're not yet seeing Jesus. But they know there's something about what this man is saying about Jesus. And they come to a fork in the road. And Jesus, Luke tells us, acts as if he's about to leave them. It's like, all right, guys, well, I got a, I don't know, train to catch. No trains. Train to catch. I, I got to go. And they say, no, 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 no. Don't leave us. They say, abide with us. Stay with us. Remain with us a little longer. Come and sit with us, dine with us, eat with us. Don't leave us. There's something about what you're saying. Don't leave. It's getting dark. Come spend the night in our home. Let us show you hospitality and spend more time telling us about these things because our hearts within us are beating faster because what you're saying seems true and there's something to it, but I don't get it yet. And what these men on the road to Emmaus did was they stumbled upon a prayer that can transform your life forever. Because 
If you are in a place of spiritual darkness and you're starting to catch a glimpse that there might be something more than what you see, what these men prayed was, God, stay with me. God, don't, don't leave me. God, I'm starting to see something, but I don't see it yet. But please, don't leave me because if you leave, it's going to go dark again. And if you find yourself this morning in a place where you're starting to see something, that you know there's something about this Jesus. There's something about God that's real. There's something about a kingdom that's permeating this world that you know there's something to it. But what happens is you walk away, you forget these things, and you go dark again. And you say, well, I guess it was just made up. The prayer that can turn everything for you is, God, stick with me. Keep doing whatever work you're doing. Keep doing it. There's a little spark of life and light within me, God. Keep fanning it into flame. I don't want it to go out. I need you to keep it lit. You're opening my eyes a tiny bit. Keep that work going. And the beautiful thing about Jesus in our lives and Jesus in this passage is that when they say, don't leave us, stick with us, he does. He abides with them. He walks with them down their way of the road, and they go into the home, and they sit down, and they start eating, and they just keep talking more about who this Jesus character is, about the resurrection. And as they start to share a meal together, Jesus grabs the bread off the table, and he, and he breaks it. And he starts handing pieces out to people and in a way that was reminiscent of that last supper that they had with Jesus. Where he was doing the very thing, saying, this is my body, which is for you. Eat this and remember me. This is the cup. Pass it around. It's the new covenant in my blood. When you drink this cup, remember me. And as Jesus breaks the bread and passing and started passing it out, their eyes were opened and they saw, they remembered him. It's you, it's Jesus. You were the one. You were the one walking with us. That's why our hearts were beating. That's why there was something stirring within us on the road to Emmaus. It was true, and I see it now that you break that bread. I see it. It's you. I see you. And then he disappears. He's gone. But for a moment, they saw him. It was him. He was eating. He was walking. The rumors were true. He was alive. It's important that we understand that Christianity is it's not a decision, it's a journey. And those journeys have highs and lows. And there are times where we're starting to see more and more and more, and then there are times where the light gets dark and we start to forget. There are moments in our life where God seems so real to us, and there are moments where they go dark again. And it's like deep within our sinful hearts, there's this undertow that pulls us away from the light. And we get blind. We get deadened to the spiritual truths. And Jesus keeps abiding and waking us up and saying, look, 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 look. Right? This isn't just for you before you become a Christian. This happens while we are Christians, doesn't it? Right? We, we start following Jesus and we see unmistakably that he's changing everything. And then like a day later, we think... Is he even real? Right, we pray and someone gets healed. 
We pray and we get enough money to pay our bills. We pray and he gives us this opportunity to meet someone's need in a tangible way. And we tell people, now from this moment on, I'll never stop believing because I saw him work. It's unmistakable. It's miraculous. It's wonderful. And then the next week you're sitting there thinking, I don't even want to read my Bible. It just seems like it's all made up. Our eyes are prone to close. And Jesus abides to open them. And he disappears, and, and they are so excited. They get up, and they run back to Jerusalem, back to the epicenter, back to the place where he was crucified, back to the place where the disciples are huddled, and they're trying to discuss what's going on. And so they run into the room, and they see the disciples, and Peter is telling the disciples about how he saw Jesus. And they say, we saw him too. He ate with us. He walked with us. He's alive. And just then, Jesus comes into the room. And you would expect that what they would say was, we knew it. He's alive. It's real. He's back. This is Jesus. We just ate dinner with him. This is the real deal. But that's not what they say. They say, it's a ghost. Oh, who's this being? It's Jesus haunting us. We killed him and now he's back. Oh. But instead of saying, you know what, guys, I'm done with you. <laughs> Honestly, really, I just ate bread with you. I just walked with you, right? They probably hugged at some point, right? <sighs> Jesus abides with them. And he says, hey, I'm not a ghost. <laughs> a ghost doesn't have flesh and blood. I have flesh and blood. And Thomas says, well, unless I touch the wounds with my own hands, I will never believe. And Jesus says, Touch him. Touch my side and believe. And he remains with them while their eyes continue to open. I love that Jesus is not quick to leave us. He's quick to remain with us and stay with us even when we're being ridiculous about him. He's still there and he's saying, touch me. He grabs some fish. He says, look, I'm, I'm eating. Ghosts don't eat, right? It's not falling out. I'm I'm alive. He abides with them. He remains with them. He stays with them while he teaches them to believe. One of the last things that Jesus said be before he was betrayed was, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I remain in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's like Jesus said, I am the power source, and you are the lamp. As long as you're plugged into the wall, light will emerge. But apart from me, it goes dark. And so often we wander, and we're wondering, and we're thinking, it's so dark, where is Jesus? He's left me, and we're holding the cord in our hand. He's like, I'm still in the wall. Remain in me, and the light will come back on. And Jesus abides with us. He remains with us. He illuminates our lives, and he remains with these folks in that room 
until their eyes were opened. We see at the end of this passage that what Jesus does is he opens their minds that they might understand the scriptures. And then he explains it again, who he is, what he did, why it's true, and they see. This morning, if you find yourself on a journey that you are in the dark, pray that he would bring that light to you. If you're on a journey right now where you've been a Christian for a long time, but you're walking through darkness, the best thing that you can do is just keep on walking. Keep on praying and say, Jesus, please turn the lights back on. And when you do, I want to see that you're still here. I trust that when I'm walking and the lights are off and I'm so confused and I don't feel it and I just keep going through the motions right now, I feel like you're not here, but I trust that you are. And I pray that someday the lights will turn on and I'll see you again. But until that day, I'm going to stick with you. Because the truth is, for our whole lives, we are pulled back into the darkness over and over and over again. I wish that Christianity was just an increasing illumination, and sometimes it is, but sometimes it takes a turn. We suffer in this world, and we start wrestling with, is this really even true? Right? We just step into a place, we hear one thing on TV, and all of a sudden we think, my whole life is a lie. Right? We talk to one person who pokes a hole in our faith and the balloon deflates and we think, oh no, what do I do? And it's dark again. And Jesus wants to remain with you and he wants you to remain in him. This morning, wherever you are, the question to ask yourself as we wrestle through these things today together is, Am I remaining with Jesus? Am I clinging to him? Am I praying to him? Am I reading his word? Am I studying who he is? Am I wrestling? Am I in a community where light is illuminating the room, right? Or am I walking in darkness in a community of darkness or in sinful darkness? Where are you? Cling to Jesus as he opens your eyes to who he truly is. This morning, we get the opportunity to receive the Lord's Supper together, which is amazing because we get to celebrate and eat together on Easter Sunday. But it's also amazing because in this story, the Lord's Supper is the way that Jesus opened their eyes. Remember back in the house, he was eating with them, and he took the bread, and, and he broke it, and, and in breaking it, they saw for the first time. I wouldn't be surprised if in this room today, as we start distributing the elements, some of you start to see even in that moment, that as you pass the bread to your neighbor as you hold it in your hand even that something starts to change within you because Jesus said do this in remembrance of me sometimes we stop walking through what Christ told us to do when we start forgetting but it's like Jesus knew that would happen and he said eat this as often as you eat it and remember me drink this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim my death. So remember me. This morning, if you are a believer in Jesus, as these elements come by, grab some bread and grab a cup and hold on to it. And spend the few minutes while we're all receiving the elements reflecting on where you stand with Jesus. Are you abiding in him? Or are you blaming him for not abiding in you? Do you believe him at his word when he says, I am always here, just cling to me. And if you feel like you're clinging to him and you're still in the darkness, be honest with him and say, Jesus, why? 
What do I do now? What's my next step? Why am I in this darkness and how do I trust you, God? Show me, help me, walk with me. Remain in me and Jesus will. If this morning you're not a believer in Jesus, just let the elements pass on. And maybe spend this time asking yourself, why, why don't I believe? Does it sound crazy to you? Does it sound implausible to you? Are you scared of what you might have to let go of to receive this life he offers? And what if today you say, you know what, I'm ready to believe? Grab the bread, grab the cup, and let the first thing you do as someone who follows Jesus be remembering that his death paid for your sins. That his resurrection grants you life. That Christianity is not a religion where we do good things and hope that the scales weigh out in our favor on judgment day. Christianity is a religion where Christ did good things and Christ was judged on his judgment day so that we stand before God and we are in Jesus. We are safe and secure and loved and welcomed into eternal dwellings. So if you're thinking, hey, I need to get my life together. No, you don't. You need to believe in him and receive the life that he had altogether for you. Step into that life today. Let go of the grip of everything in this world and turn to him and say, I want to follow this man, this God-man who died and rose for me, and I'm going to trust that he is going to illuminate the world and use me to transform the people around me. God, I want to step into your life, your kingdom, your mission. Let me pray for us, and then we'll distribute the elements.